Hi, I'm John Frankie for SearchSAP.com. Today's edition of SearchSAP.com's podcast series is coming to you from SAP's Influencer Summit in Boston. At this gathering of media analysts and customers, Jeff Nimi, the Chief Financial Officer for Northern California Public Broadcasting Company, gave a presentation on how the organization uses SAP Business Planning and Consolidation, formerly OutlookSoft. We caught up with Jeff after his presentation and asked him a couple questions. First off, thanks for joining us, Jeff. My pleasure. And to start us off, could you give us a little background on yourself? Sure. I'm the Chief Financial Officer. Uh, I've been there about a year and a half, and uh, I'm responsible for all financial planning, analysis, uh, reporting, um, as well as the IT operations. And how about some background on NCPB? NCPB is Northern California Public Broadcasting. We operate uh, several t- television and radio stations, including KQED, FM, and TV in San Francisco, uh, KTEH, uh, television out of San Jose, KQET out of Monterey, uh, Watsonville area, and KQEI, uh, our FM station in Sacramento. Now, how complex have you found NCPB after all your work in the private sector? Um, uh, for, for our business, uh, which it, before I got there, I thought that uh, public broadcasting can't be all that uh, complicated, but uh, I've been there a year and a half now, and uh, I'm still uh, troubled by how hard it is to try to get basic information out uh, of the systems we have uh, prior to, to uh, the implementation of SAP. Um, uh, I have two controllers that report to me. Uh, one is the traditional uh, general ledger controller. The other is our project manager, and our project manager is constantly uh, referring to our uh, financial planning um, and forecasting and reporting structure as as, uh, not only a spider web of of activity, but a spider web on LSD, uh, because it's just so hard to pull out the the real um, uh, triggers that are are pushing and pulling um, within the system. What specific issues are you dealing with now? Uh, the biggest issue I'm dealing with is uh, a very tight budget situation. In, uh, in that kind of situation, it's very difficult to uh, look forward when you're uh, constantly trying to uh, uh, keep track of what's happened in the most recent month or two. Um, uh, historically, the station uh, organization has not had any tools to look forward and uh, in the year and a half that I've been there, my biggest challenge has been to try to, to uh, provide the board and management with uh, forward-looking financial statements and projections uh, so that we can plan uh, and make adjustments as we go forward uh, before it's too late. Well, that answers the question why you needed a solution like this. What were your objectives going into the selection process? Uh, the objectives were pretty much... Uh, uh, to have a, a system that uh, is real-time, that we could uh, access information online, uh, that we could access uh, any, anywhere in the organization, uh, either at a department or a project level, whether we, can, uh, whether we wanted to look at uh, summary-level data or detailed information. It was all available to us uh, however we wanted to see it. Uh, further, we wanted to make sure it was easy for users to use. They didn't, we didn't want them to have to learn a new language. Uh, Excel uh, 
is the front end for the system, and everybody, uh, to a certain extent, understands how to get into Excel, how to open up uh, and use the menus, how to use some basic commands, and uh, we found that that uh, uh, is the best interface for our users. Who else did you look at, and what really put Outlooksoft over the top? I've used uh, Applix's TM1 in the past. Uh, they were a contender. In fact, during the, the selection process, they were right on par uh, until the final negotiations. Uh, uh, similarly, we, we considered um, the other sort of big players, uh, such as Hyperion, uh, but ruled them out uh, very early on because they just didn't... Uh, we, we, our perception was that they were too expensive to meet our needs. Um, both from a cost, initial cost standpoint as well as total cost of ownership uh, in terms of staffing that would be necessary to maintain the system. Um, we also considered uh, Navision, uh, asked the consultants who provide our, our general ledger system, which is Navision uh, from Microsoft, uh, if they would like to participate in the review, and they actually declined, uh, saying that they didn't have a product that was able to fulfill our needs. From the presentation you gave, it looks like NCPB isn't an SAP shop. What did you think when SAP acquired Outlooksoft? Uh, I think my initial reaction was uh, a bit hesitant because I had previously installed Outlooksoft at, at my former employer and uh, wasn't sure what was going to happen to them, whether they were going to get swallowed up or whether the product was going to continue. But that uh, hesitation lasted uh, just a few days or so until I got a hold of uh, uh, some people within the organization to find out what was going on, and uh, when I did, um, they assured me that everything would continue uh, as we had en envisioned, and uh, from that point on, I've actually been more excited about uh, the opportunity because now I know that there's a, a large organization uh, supporting them, a much bigger network um, that hopefully can meet all of our, our, our business needs, so uh, I'm excited at this point. How does Outlooksoft, or I should say SAP Business Planning and Consolidation, play with your other systems? Uh, so far, the integration has been um, as smooth as one could expect uh, for the first, uh, within the first year of an implementation like this. Um, our idea and hope was that we would literally be able to push a button at the end of each month as we close the books and all the information would, would uh, uh, be transmitted into the uh, SAP system. Um, for a variety of reasons, we've chosen not to uh, have that button be pushed too easily because uh, we aren't still working on all the, the, the byproducts um, uh, that might come out of it, uh, particularly with respect to our payroll system where uh, it's a very uh, intricate level of detail that we're pulling in and uh, if we change somebody's pay grade inadvertently uh, in, in the Ceridian uh, system and uh, change it within Outlooksoft, it, it, uh, it can create uh, problems for us. So, so we're trying to control that manually right now, and, and eventually we will automate it. And, and the upload process is very simple. It's just uh, putting a flat file out there and, and uh, uploading it. So it's very simple. Who at NCPB is using the system now? We have about 35 uh, licenses uh, that are, are uh, active right now. And uh, it ranges from the CEO down to people um, within each of the departments that are responsible for sort of financial activities, either transactions or planning, and, and all the managerial levels in between. So uh, we've tried to, uh, we, we bid off a lot in, in, in making it, this available to so many people, but we wanted to be uh, inclusive and uh, have this be the number one uh, source of information for all levels within the organization. How many people does it take 
behind the scenes to support it and also during the implementation. During the implementation process, uh, there were four or five of us involved uh, at varying degrees, um, basically one person on an almost full-time basis, uh, plus uh, one or two consultants um, who actually did the work. But after the implementation, initial implementation, uh, we really have uh, two people that sort of work together uh, as uh, database managers, and they probably spend 10 to 20 percent of their time, roughly, uh, on average, uh, working on, on uh, SAP-related issues. Uh, uh, it's a little bit heavier at the end of the month uh, as we close the books and they bring their, uh, the numbers across, but uh, during the month it's very limited. In your presentation, you mentioned an interesting case where the product helped you see a budget shortfall. Uh, can you describe that for our listeners? Sure. We, uh, we, we uh, signed the contract to buy this product uh, at the end of, March, or end of February, uh, started the implementation process in March, rolled out um, the revenue uh, forecasting portion of it the 1st of May, uh, gave guidance in terms of on the expense side where people should be planning their expenses. Um, based on uh, the revenue projections at the beginning of June. By the end of July, middle of July, we had our first forecast out of the system. And that forecast was presented to our board at the end of July. And the forecast showed that we were going to be significantly short of budget. Um, and even though the numbers, we cautioned the board that the numbers were still uh, first time out of the box, uh, we, we've done our best to scrub them. Um, but directionally, we think this is where we're going to be. Um, uh, the board uh, was very clear that uh, we needed to take action, and as we were uh, committed to do, and uh, our marketing director um, uh, took immediate action that day, uh, cut several expense items, and also um, re-planned uh, uh, the rest of the year in terms of our uh, membership drives, and uh, stepped up pressure on his sales force. Uh, to increase sales um, uh, of advertising or, or underwriting time as well as uh, membership. And, and for those people living in the Bay Area, they saw and heard um, much more pledge activity on the radio and television uh, than they otherwise would have as a result of that. And uh, it did result in, in significantly increasing the amount of money that came into the station at the end of the year um, to support our needs and, and got us much closer to, go to back to our budget goal for the year. I think that's a great non-traditional ROI story. Where else do you expect to see ROI from the system? Uh, just on an ongoing basis, it gives uh, so much visibility that I never would have had before. For example, uh, we have a process that uh, I think is rather arcane in that I'm supposed to sign every travel uh, request before people travel because of the tight nature of our budgets. and. Uh, financial uh, difficulties we've had in the past that, that we want to make sure that every trip is uh, consistent with our current financial situation as well as consistent with what's in the budget. And on every one of those forms, there's a little box that says, is this in your budget or not? And of course, almost every one of those forms that comes to me says it's within budget. Well, uh, as much as I'd rather not even have to sign these forms, uh, it's the only process that is in place to control the, these types of expenditures. And Historically, last year, I didn't have any chance, to, any way to look into the budget to see if indeed they were or they were not included. Uh, as much as people are honest, everybody sort of has a different idea of what actually is in their budget and how it's portrayed. Today, I can now go into the budget uh, online uh, within uh, less than a minute, see the detail, see if they've in fact planned for that trip, uh, 
and uh, approve it with the knowledge that yes, in fact, it is in budget. And if it's not in budget and they have the money somewhere else, then I can encourage them to move the money in their forecast so that their forecast is consistent going forward with uh, where the actuals are gonna come in. Now, having been through the process, would you have any advice or best practices for companies considering this type of project? Uh, I think in an ideal world, it's nice to have a lot of lead time to plan. Uh, in the real world, I've never been so fortunate. Uh, both times I've implemented the system, uh, we've had uh, virtually no lead time. Uh, in this case, we had to get our budget process started the 1st of May. Uh, we were able to sign the contract uh, at the end of February, which gave us only two months uh, to do all the needs analysis, all the development work. We were able to get it done. Uh, it's a difficult process, but uh, it would be nice if we'd had uh, several more months to, to do it. Um, and that was my experience the first time as well. We literally signed the contract on Friday, we're developing Monday, and a month later we were rolling it around, out around the world. So lead time is probably the best thing I could, could offer my, my colleagues out there. And how did you get users to actually use the system? Two things. One, other than force them to put their <laughs> budgets in. During the development process, we was very conscious of uh, user acceptance as a key critical success factor and uh, wanted people to embrace the system. And I can't say uh, that um, people are embracing change as much as I would like them to, but uh, they were part of the development process where I basically put them in a room together, uh, had them share their best practices of how they like to plan, because everybody was doing it a little bit differently, and we tried to pick and choose the best uh, ideas among that, those, those users uh, and meet as many needs as we could collectively um, to try to satisfy everyone's needs. And, and I think we got uh, as close as one can realistically expect in the amount of time we had, but it works. And, and it could be better, but it works for today, and we'll continue to improve upon it as we move forward. And just to start wrapping up, uh, what are NCPB's plans for the future? Yeah, our, our uh, number one objectives, we're just about to start off phase two, which is uh, partly clean up, partly to move forward. Uh, we're we're going to try to uh, redesign a couple of the input templates to uh, have the loading time, uh, retrieval times, uh, work much faster uh, by re-engineering the way it's, uh, it's structured. Uh, secondly, uh, we're going to try to clean up uh, and fine-tune the reports so that there's a very short list of reports that are e easily used um, uh, and accessed by all the, all the uh, senior people within the organization as well as, as those with their hands on the keyboard and uh, by having those reports available. Uh, they're there now um, to varying degrees, but uh, we just want to have a nice, um, clean set that everybody relies on uh, and knows where they are and how to get to them. And, and uh, uh, we'll, we'll get there. <laughs> yeah. Any other functionality you'd like to see in the product? Boy, that's a good question because the first time I implemented Outlook Soft, uh, when it was Outlook Soft, uh, it was Outlook Soft 4, version 4, and it didn't have one key component, which was uh, the ability to type in alpha characters directly into the, the database. And in version 5, which is what we've implemented at, at Northern California Public Broadcasting, they now have solved that problem, and you can uh, key enter, restore, retrie retrieve, report um, those alpha characters, and it's, it's absolutely what we needed to close the, close the loop. Um, Probably the only thing that I'm really looking forward to is if there is some sort of dashboard that uh, uh, they, they did tout in the, and they showed us during the demonstration process um, that has been uh, sort of uh, hard for us to find and 
uh, get going. It's probably the biggest uh, uh, biggest issue we're, we're facing right now in terms of what our CEO would like to see. Um, so that they, when he logs in, it's there, it's available. You can see the pretty graphs, you can see the charts, and uh, uh, know the key performance indicators uh, where we are. So, uh, so that's something we're going to be working on in the future as well. That does it for this edition of SearchSAP.com's podcast series from SAP's Influencer Summit. Until next time, I'm John Frankie. Thanks for listening. (laughs) 